The Caped Wonder Superman Podcast with Jake Towers and Jim Bowers on iHeartRadio. Welcome to a special edition of the Cape Wonder Superman podcast. You're seeing this now as an exclusive. I'm Jay Towers in Detroit. As always, my co-host Jim Bowers. Prop Store Auction is coming up here in March. This is the Entertainment Memorabilia Live Auction. Oh boy, I always get so fired up, Jay, when these guys reveal new, crazy, exciting stuff. And this one is no exception. We've got a really great variety of items this time. Brandon Allinger joins us uh, from Prop Store. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're great, Brandon. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us to uh, go over these great new Superman items. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. I know you guys are the place for Superman content, and I'm glad that you appreciate the catalog reveal. It's always a big moment for us. We appreciate hearing reactions, especially from people who are passionate about the content and tracking the market and, you know, know what is out there. It's like Christmas Eve for us uh, a couple times a year with you guys. Yeah, more more times now because we're actually we're going to three of these EMLA entertainment memorabilia live auctions per year. So we used to just do two, one wow. out of the U.S. in the summer, one out of the U.K. in the fall. This year we'll have three, one in March, one in June and one in November. First thing that we were really interested in talking about before we get into the Superman stuff is is that little that little Supergirl clapperboard. What can you tell us about that? I love clapperboards, and you know they've really become their own sort of sub niche of collecting uh, movie memorabilia. You know, I think the great thing with the clapperboard is just that the film title is right there on the clapper, and you see them in different sizes. So this is a small clapper, which is really intended for insert shots. You know, so if they're getting like a shot of someone's hands, for example, something that's really tight, they need a very small clapper um, for that purpose. So any film is going to have clappers in at least three different sizes, maybe four different sizes. You know, there's a medium size up from this, and then there's a larger version beyond that. And sometimes a very big version for widescreen shots like, um, you know, matte painting shots, that type of thing. But this is this is an insert slate and it's in pretty good condition uh you can see you know one of the things i love about these is that they're hand painted so the titles even though it's very clean very stylized that is always hand painted on there um and the wood clappers specifically come out of the uk so supergirl obviously a movie that was made in the uk the american slates tend to be a black plastic sort of a dry erase style board whereas the uk always use these sort of chalkboard style slates if you like well i happen to have one just like it from Pinewood, but yours is in much better condition. Mine's got some rust on it. But uh, these are eight inches by six inches and almost a half inch thick. And they are really beautiful, like you said, Brandon. I love these these UK versions. So that is a real, real uh, exciting piece for any uh, Superman, Supergirl fan to own for sure. I've never seen one like that. Let's talk about some of the miniatures. Uh, th first of all, the Superman miniature is from from 1978. It's a it's a special effects flying miniature. Um, tell us a little bit about that. We we've seen prop store um, have some of these over the years. Um, they're sometimes different sizes, sometimes different films with Superman. Tell us about this one. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, this is my favorite thing on the table. I love this. For me, it encapsulates the whole film in just one shot. Uh, so the small Superman model, totally custom made. And I think probably by Derek Mettings, the visual effects supervisor who did all the model work on the films. You know, it is, it's sculpted out of something and then it's cast in a resin or a fiberglass material. And the top of it is hollow. And so we'll see if we can get a shot of the back of it here. It's got, it's got the, the red cape with, of course, the classic S emblem. And if you look in there, I think it's a very thin fiberglass. And as I understand it, some of these had a small motor with a mechanism in it that would give the cape some movement. 
And so, you know, in that era of visual effects, everything was blue screen, everything was compositing, everything was model work. And, you know, if you want to get Superman to fly across a frame of film, one of the ways you can do it is with a small model miniature. So you're correct. We have seen two or three of these out there in the marketplace. This is actually one that we've sold before. We did sell it a number of years ago, and now the collector that, that bought it is turning it back over. Um, but for me, as you know, if you're a Superman fan, that is a great piece. I mean, it just tells the whole story of the film in one small containable package. You know, I, I love the pose also. I love the flying pose. And I think I've seen people display these a couple of different ways. You know, you could also take it and choose to display it upright. But for me, this this flying pose like that really works. It's, it's a gorgeous piece. And it looks like it's about 10 inches long. Of course, it comes with that stand, right? It does. Yeah, the stand's been custom made to hold it. It's got a bent piece of wire that's engaging the open cavity of the back there to hold it. You know, looking at the piece now, I can see there's a hole drilled in his left hand. So probably at some point during production, they inserted a wire in the left hand and they were supporting it that way. Right. Um, there may there may also be another mounting point underneath it. Yeah. Uh, but just just a great piece and actually a reasonably good likeness of Christopher Reeve there on the yeah. face in very small size. I mean, the 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 height of that head is you know less than one inch. So. To get that kind of detail in is, is pretty impressive work. Tell us about the Lois Lane Margot Kidder piece. Yeah, so this one is interesting. This, I suspect, has been put together out of found items, meaning I think the body itself is probably a Barbie doll because it looks to me like, uh, just looking at the, leg, the back of the legs here, that looks like a classic kind of vinyl Barbie toy. I'm sure they changed out the head and did a custom sculpt for the head, just like they did for the uh, small Superman that we just talked about. And this one, of course, is from Superman 2, when I believe she's taken up to the Fortress of Solitude, right? Yeah. And it's possible that the hands are custom sculpted as well, probably because they needed a certain pose that the Barbie didn't have. Whereas the legs are, you know, they're just in quite a um, neutral pose. And I think the stock Barbie worked worked just fine for that. And you state in the catalog that this was for or used during the Richard Lester years of Superman 2, as opposed to the Christopher Reeve miniature that was used during the Richard Donner years. And this one also appears to be maybe a couple of inches longer or larger than the Superman. Yeah, this is definitely a bigger scale. Um, yeah. This is, you know, at least 50% larger than the Superman. I can actually hold them together in the same shot. And we can take a look here. So side by side, you can see the scale difference. You know, they're, yeah. they're, uh, I think this is for two totally different shots and sequences, not intended to be filmed together. The other thing that's interesting about the lowest lane as I'm looking at it is there is some wire. So we've got a small piece of wire here coming out of the sleeve. There's another piece of wire here at the waist. Yeah. And it looks to me like those have blue paint on them, which probably relates to the blue screen. So I'm sure that's how they were being supported at some point in time when they were shooting them as elements for visual effects. Let's talk about that Lenny Luther costume from Superman 4. And, and I ask about it. Just had an opportunity to speak with John Cryer about his new show a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, he still has very fond memories of Superman 4. And when you talk about some wild costumes, some wild wardrobe in a movie, uh, John Cryer probably uh, ha had the most. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a statement, this costume, you're you're not going to miss it. Uh, and, and funny enough, you know, one of the things that I noticed in looking at this is it still has its Berman's and Nathan's tag in it, which is a real sort of standard of costume collecting, right? So here in the US, the big costume house is called the Western Costume Company. Over in the UK, especially at that time in the, in the 1980s, 
it was Berman's and Nathan's, um, which, you know, previous to that was was two different costume shops, one Berman's, one Nathan's. Today is Angel's, but it's it's sort of the staple London costume house. They they did all the big films, you know, the uh, the Christopher Reeve costumes also have Berman's and Nathan's tags in them, as I'm sure you know. And, and you know, many of the films of the era, like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, all the costumes were done out of there. So I love the Berman tags that are in it. And this may have even come out of some kind of Berman sale at some point in the past, because you can just imagine them going through the costume house and saying, well, that's too distinct. I don't know if that's going to rent again. I think we can sell that one on. You know? right. right. And and typically the Berman's and Nathan's tags had the actor's name, the title of the film, and sometimes a number or a code to go that's along right. with it. That's right. Yeah. And the numbers can be interesting because they are sequential. I think they relate to purchase orders, but you can kind of date garments based on the numbers that are in there. You know, in this case, you you know the year of the film, you don't have to, but sometimes a piece comes up that just has an actor's name and a number, and you yeah. can use that number to place it on the timeline. All right. Let's talk yep. about newspapers. So Superman newspapers, uh, always a staple of uh, Superman collecting. You know, they did make a number of different papers for the different films. I believe the ones that we have here today are all from Superman 3 and all relate to the evil Superman. But, you know, the really interesting thing is how they they had to produce them in different languages for all the different territories that the film was going to be released. Um, so I, I believe we have two separate lots. I think the one in, in a frame here is one lot in the auction. And then the ones that you're seeing flat on the table loose are a separate lot. And these are all going to be sold on day three of the auction, which is the no reserve day. So everything on day three uh, starts at, at, at an opening bid, a low opening bid, and there is no reserve, meaning whatever the bidding takes it to, that's what it's going to sell for. And the lots on day three are also, they're only online, meaning they're not part of the printed catalog. They are just available to be seen in the online catalog, which releases this Friday. Well, that uh, newspaper in the frame, uh, I think, may be the rarest of the bunch. So yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head whether we handled one exactly like this. Certainly, you see that imagery on a number of the different papers from Superman 3. But you, you may be right. This yeah, this may well be uh, the first time that we've offered this one also. You also have some, um, some frame Daily Planet stationery. Yeah, and I think the great thing about this is if you're a fan, you immediately know what it is. You yeah. know, it's subtle, but at the same time, it's very heavily branded and the price point is very accessible. So, you know, if you're thinking about getting started and collecting original film memorabilia, if you aren't quite sure what to go for, obviously something like the Superman miniature is going to be uh, slightly more expensive than, than some of these other items on the table. If you want a starter piece that, that is quite accessible, the Daily Planet stationery is great. That Daily Planet stationery you can see on a, on many of the desks throughout the Daily Planet sets. I love it, uh, Jay. You've got some Daily Planet stationery, don't you? I had I had a I had a couple of sheets and did I printed one thing on a piece of, of Daily Planet actual stationery, which I know is probably some cardinal sin, but you know what are you going to do? <laughs> you have to have fun in life. Um, Brandon, tell everybody who's watching if they want to if they want to be a part of this auction, you have to register. Um, at, but it's easy to do, and uh, you could do it all through the website, right? Yeah, everything's at PropStore.com. So the auction takes place over three days. Uh, as I say, day number three is the no reserve day. Days one and two are going to be in the printed auction catalog and also the PDF catalog. The PDF catalog you can get right now if you register and everything will be available online this Friday. Well, you can always count on PropStore to uh, package and ship everything so beautifully. I have to say that you guys do a fantastic job with that and communication is wonderful. So... Jay and I have purchased uh, or bid on things over the years at the auction, and, and it's you can always be sure that these guys are top-notch. I mean, I love what you guys unearth. It's just fantastic. 
I'm very kind of you. Thank you for saying that. It's great seeing you, and uh, thank you so much. And we'll get everybody to the Prop Stores website. We'll be watching the, uh, the the big auction in March, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much, Brandon.